Welcome, tender listener. Settle in, open up, and ready yourself for real moments from the heart. This is a people-sharing podcast for story lovers. I'm your host, Amy Liz, and I'll be listening tenderly with the stealer of titles, a proud Hawaiian mutt who is currently borrowing neurodivergent as a self-descriptor, while admittedly not on the spectrum, officially titled as mom to one human and two fur babies, professional handle, nurse, where feeding patients tops the list as a favorite part of the job. Comfortable with the pansexual, sapiophile label while presently exploring a relationship with a lion, and newly anointed special guest contributor to the Tender Listener podcast, where the moniker Omi will be part of the titled mix, as well as amazing friend who has been in this Center Saints corner for a while. Please welcome Naomi Kulekini, the powerful and strange maker and lover of all things spooky. Thank you. Hey. Hey, hey girl. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Tender Listener Podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here. And so for everyone that's listening, let's just share for transparency. I've already admittedly said that you are an amazing friend, but tell everyone how we met and how we know each other. So we used to work together at a home health company. You are obviously a physical therapy assistant and I am an RA and, and I think we just kind of like clicked, like I love your vibe. So I'm, I'm really about that. It's very good. I'm really about that too. It was fun in the beginning because we just had different territories. Obviously we met back in the greater Hampton Roads area and we covered a large territory in the peninsula, which is, you know, for folks not familiar with Virginia in that area is Williamsburg, Jamestown, Suffolk. Norfolk, a Hampton, <laughs> and Newport News. Rappahannock, Tappahannock. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's right. It's a pretty broad area. And so also for folks who are listening and maybe new to the term home health, as for folks, professional medical people come to your home and assist you in allied services. You get nursing at your home. You can have physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy and various aid levels of aid as well. And so we had our separate jobs, but we intermingled at work, at meetings and at functions and at celebrations. And then maybe once or twice had an overlapping of work on a patient, but that was pretty rare for us right? because our territories were different, but yeah, we usually didn't overlap. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. But you're a wonderful practitioner. I have high, high respect for you. You also like me, chose a profession later in life. You did not start out as a nurse from the womb. You did not know that this is what you were going to do. So give us a glimpse, if you will, into the OMI background before you took on the title of nurse. So it's, I guess I would label it as fairly basic, you know, just high school graduate at the time. For me, I was working at a uh, computer manufacturing company. So what happened was, is I was the last group of people that got laid off by the computer manufacturing company. And it just so happened, I think, at least I, this the way I understand it, someone petitioned the government so that they had to either pay for us to have two years of schooling. And that's what I used. I used the two years of schooling and I got an associate's. 
I was laid off at the time I had had a young child and I just didn't feel comfortable, you know, my husband at the time supporting us by himself because it's hard, you know, everybody, ha it has to be a, if there's a two head household, everybody has to work. So for me, I, the only thing I could think of was nursing where I would never get laid off again and I'd always have a job. So I didn't know it's hard though. It's mega hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think people also realize any nurses out there can probably sit there and be clapping and cheering like, girl, you got us, you know, it's hard. Mm -hmm. But I actually read somewhere where students who are in the undergrad for a BSN in nursing take more tests than someone in the engineering program. To get a nursing degree at college as an undergrad in four years is something that's next level miracle. <laughs> and did you go through a program where you worked as well as did school simultaneously? Because there's those types of nursing programs, correct? Correct. Yes. No, I will be honest. It was very, very hard. I had zero nursing medical background at all prior. I was just only vaguely aware of the job nursing because I have a family member that is a nurse. And I went to her house one time and she lived in a trailer. And then I went to her house again several years later and she was a nurse by now. And they had a beautiful lakefront property and a tri-level house, just gorgeous. So I was like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it was very difficult going in from, I mean, literally what I did was I was slapping stickers on the computer chassis. That's what I was doing at the time before I, I was like, let's go do nursing because it's a guaranteed job. And it was, it was very difficult for me. I did not work at the time, I think I played it very smart because what I did was I used the money that the company stipend for us and I used that to pay for my core classes. And then I cashed out on my 401k and used those to pay for my prerequisites. So there was actually a window in the middle where I did not do anything because with nursing, everybody starts together and everybody finishes together. You can't just come in and out. So I had missed that window. So I had to wait another year while I finished my prerequisites. It ended up working out pretty good. I did do unemployment at the time while I was in school, but I was really super focused on making sure that I passed it because in my perception, I only had one shot and failure was mm. not an option. Wow. Well, it sounds like kind of a great success story in a way, considering the fact that you had to go from one sort of industry of expertise and then learn something totally new. So may I ask how old were you when you went back to school to do this? I graduated when I was 30. So I see I had to been maybe 26 around there when I went in. Not a baby, not a baby, but definitely still. Yeah. I wasn't the oldest, but I wasn't the youngest. The youngest, they just came straight out of high school knowing what they wanted to do with their lives. And I tell you what, when I was 18, yeah, being responsible was not one of those things that I was thinking about doing. So you have to be very responsible I know. as a nurse. I had the same experience in the sense that I didn't go back to college until I was in my late 30s. And I was just so impressed and just blown away by these young people who could come out of high school so driven and so organized and so adept at, I mean, obviously school is a job. Mm -hmm. I mean, academics is work. 
So it's impressive for anyone that holds down a paying job while also simultaneously getting an education. I'm always bonkers impressed by that. I had the luxury of dedicating myself to this schooling effort, getting that undergrad that I got in exercise science and then going on to physical therapist assisting school. So I was really well supported in that. Thank goodness, because my older brain also struggled. I didn't have a background medically either. My mom's mom, my grandmother is a nurse, the wool blue cape and everything. And (laughs) she had these great little old nursing books. I mean, just amazing stuff. But and I think I played a candy striper as a kid. Like I really wanted to be a candy striper. I, my mom made me a little outfit. I have a really cute picture. But there was zero ambition for me to think I could even be in the health and wellness sector in any kind of medical capacity where I was doing documentation and patients were listening to me. And And I feel really fortunate that I was able to dip my toe for the moment that I did. It was a great thing for me to go do. And I enjoyed it while I was doing it, but I recognized it was also time to move on. Not that I showed up too late at the health party to have a full career, so to speak, like 20 years in it, but I really felt like I could serve more people and passionately from my heart do unconditionally what I feel like I wanted to do. Because physical therapy just felt very narrowing for me, even though I did home health and then I did skilled nursing facilities and I did outpatient. I also worked in a hospital. So I had a couple of different settings that I tried and I felt, well, I made my moment happen and it's time to move on. I've landed here doing a podcast. (laughs) That's the thing is you are so more, you know, like you did speak when we were hanging out that time and you did talk about your your various (laughs) different experiences in your background. And I mean, it's pretty awesome. You're multifaceted. Thank you. So one, one job is not enough, I don't think, for you. I think that with this endeavor, artistic is more your lane. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you. You're one of many who has encouraged me to really embrace sort of that creative pulse that has just run through my body my whole life. And I'm glad to be back here. But <laughs> medicine, healthcare, those those are creative arts as well. There's a creative process that you have to get your head around when you're solving problems yes. for patients because there is no textbook patient. And as much as you know, from journal articles, school, all the didactic study, you go in patient to patient, it's going to be different every yes. single time. And you have to use your own imagination, your own curiosity, and your own thought process to really pulse how to move the needle and get that patient better. So that's a creative endeavor. But additionally, we might as well celebrate your spooky because we're in the month of spooky. It's a huge, it's more than a hobby for you. I love it. It is your life. And you talk about it year round, how much you love Halloween and all things Halloween. When did this start? Was this always a thing for you? I think as I got older, and obviously it was after I was able to make purchases because I'm a nurse, you know, so I was able to have a little bit of extra pocket money. So yeah, I really got into Halloween then. Or maybe it was just always like something that stemmed to my my goth phase as a as a youngin. <laughs> so, but I couldn't afford it then. So now that I'm older, I guess it's an extension of my 
perceived self, which is more goth than anything. And I'll tell you, the thing about Halloween that I love the most is that there's not really any commercialism in it. You don't have to buy somebody a present, you know, people aren't upset and people give you stuff, you know? And the other thing is, is like, we celebrate the grotesque, the ugly, or, you know, things that are just uglier are, are more famed, you know, Hey, great mask, things like that. So people can actually really, really, if they want to be themselves in my perception during spooky season where maybe they're not supposed to be that way. Like yeah. who hasn't sat around the Thanksgiving table and had to put on airs, you know, or dreading the whole Christmas get together because X, Y, Z. I mean, Halloween, it's just fun celebrating the strange and unusual like myself. <laughs> so, I love it. I love that. And I don't see things the way that other people may necessarily see them. So I, I, I just don't perceive things that may be scary as scary because it's all fantasy, isn't it? When the really scary things are, you know, when you walk outside and interact with people. So, right. <laughs> Right. Or where are you going to get the money to pay for rent and food? Yeah, those are scary. It's very right. Those are real. Those are real scaries. Take us through sort of the spectrum, if you will, of your spooky story in regards to the level of commitment you make to decorating, which I know is deep and fabulous, as well as do you costume? Do you create a theme every year? Do you add something new to your collection? Like, give us kind of a big pull out and zoom out a little bit and give us a big overview of kind of how you approach the whole celebration of all things strange and unusual and fabulous. Now, a lot of people, they will do more costumes versus decorating. And then there's the interior, exterior aspect of the decorating. So for me, I really did focus a lot on the exterior decorating, decorating in the yard. And it was a big to-do, animatronics, handmade things, which I do prefer. I used to love to go to the, you know, the amusement parks and look at their setups and then just kind of break it down and see how they go about making things like their tombstones and then using my minimal woodworking skills to make furtive setups like that. I will say that for me, the theme doesn't really change. Exterior is more of like zombie graveyard theme. And then interior is more of a gothic theme inside. I will say for me, since I I was married and I did live in a house and we had a yard and now I've scaled it down. I live in an apartment now. So I do bring them into the house, the animatronics, but it's, I mean, geez Louise, I've got got quite a few pumpkins and quite a few tombstones and they just all would not fit in the apartment. It's not big enough, but (laughs) to which, you know, going into the purchasing. So my daughter, she's minimalistic. And she said that one of her things would be, she would love to be able to fit everything into a car. And I was like, well, I had a shed built just for Halloween. So, and my mind (laughs) thought is the purchases that I'm making currently, I am being mindful because everything goes to her once I go. So Mm. I I don't want to do an overabundance, even though I am an overabundance of stuff when I'm not here anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the whole also pay it forward as you maybe kind of age out of something that, you know, 
was not necessarily an original favorite or a beloved handcrafted item, but something that you could kind of pay it forward and donate, you know, because they've got all those different events now surrounding, I guess, trick-or-treating where they're trying to keep it safer, where they do the trunk and treat for the kids. So they're not walking in big neighborhoods and, you know, they've changed sort of the orientation than when we were kids and we ran with a pillowcase house to house, you know, there was no fancy bucket. You just like, and I grew up where it might be cold. So my cute costume was always covered in some winter coat. And you just like a maniac were like, it's all about the candy, you know, like you have to get out there and get some candy. But it was always awesome to see people that even back in the 70s would do sort of the spooky spider webs or they'd do special lighting on their house. And that was all basically handcrafted. I mean, there was no Pinterest. There was no YouTube. There was just people's imaginations to do that. So it'd be great to, as you don't deny yourself your spooky love and keep adding to your collection, be great to be able to, you know, maybe just pass along and, and to people who are getting into spooky, you can mentor spooky. You can be a spooky (laughs) mentor. That'd be hilarious. I will say I do notice an attachment to things, especially yeah, so I am attached to them. Oh. I honestly didn't even think about giving them away because I'm also like a perfectionist in my mind. So if it's not perfect, I don't want to hand it down to somebody because then I oh. I don't know why I attach it to myself as if, oh, uh, yes, I've had this for 15 years and maybe the voice box doesn't work anymore, but it's still a good prop. But to me, it's not good enough to pass down, you know, to give away. Because perfectionist. So, yeah. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. That hits close to my home too, in my core as well. I can completely understand where Kaylee's coming from your daughter, because I as well have embraced minimalism and everything I own does fit in my Ford Focus. Wow. And I'm pretty proud about that. I am obviously getting to it coexists in a very comfortable setting because I am partnered with someone who has a a lovely apartment. So I don't sit on the floor all the time. There is (laughs) furnishings here and I'm no longer sleeping on a tatami mat. I do have a bed that I sleep in, but officially I can roll up my mat, put it in the back of my car along with my few items, but I'm still kind of cutting that stuff down as well. It's hard for me too, because I can relate because items and possessions have stories attached to them, right? Like, do you remember when you bought something where you were and the first time that you put it up? And is it that type of sentimentality? Does it run that deep for you where you have, you know, memories of, oh, hey, in 1996, we got this and, you know, we scared the bejesus out of this kid who came by and, you know, lost his cookies when he saw this, you know, do you have that type of story connection with your items? For the purchase items, honestly, it's more about the, yes, I got this for 50% off the day after Halloween. Like that's where I attach to things that I purchase. Now, I do have a stronger attachment to things that I made, you know, and I do, it just seems richer if you can embellish something that's already been store-bought and then build upon it and just give it a another depth or layer to it and that's when i end up getting attached but also specifically like things that i have purchased but i do also have an attachment to would be the animatronics i do get attached to them i do name Mm. them they are members of the family so that i would say yes things that i don't 
make, but I do purchase, I probably would be more willing to let go of as opposed to the things that I've handmade, but I've handmade a lot of things. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can imagine. You did a wonderful handmade light box for me once upon a time as a beautiful yeah. gift of, I know, of the Hindu deity Ganesh. Uh, and you made this, it was so beautiful and wonderful and special. I I treasured that. And I don't have it anymore, but I did pass it along to someone cool. as I was <laughs> letting items go. It is, it is, it is. And it was one of those things that was so hard for me because I was like, this was so personal and so thoughtful. Well, I love it. And I think, honestly, I, I have a friend that I follow on Facebook and I noticed she she doesn't have children. She lives in an apartment, I assume. And I noticed for her, what she does, as opposed to purchasing, she takes pictures. So she'll take a picture of the thing that she wants or things like that. And I was like, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. So that way you don't have to purchase, but you have it, if that makes any sense. It's bonkers. I love that. And in fact, I'm going to take pictures of the things that I love, and then I'm going to let it go. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do to preserve. And I will say, just touching back to the to the light box, I'm not offended by it. I'm not I'm not upset about it at all. <laughs> I'm not because when I gave it to you, I just gave it to you. Like whatever you choose to do with it is is your business. And I was just like, maybe it'll give her like five minutes of happy, and that's it. You know, I worm my way into you. <laughs> you did worm your way. It gave me many, many months of happiness. It lived on the altar for a very long time. Cool. I believe I actually do have a photo of the light box lit up on the altar mm. when I was deep into my spiritual practice. And it really was a bright light in my life. And it was a really important treasure for me to have. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Well, and in our friendship, you know, although it hasn't had its consistent communication in a traditional way, we're not texting every day and we're not on the phone checking in once a month. You're just one of the people in my past life that has been able to come forward into my present life. You, you. sort of never forgot who I was a, as a person at my core. And you were always so accepting and so generous to watch and experience from a distance what I was going through without judgment and without questioning me and without ridiculing me. So you're really just one of the most treasured people. I don't want to start gushing and making you blush too early in this. We save that to the end, right? That's at the end. <laughs> we do that at the end. We gush and blush at the end. So we will get that. But I really wanted to get that in because in this story of how we're intertwined as people and how our stories have some similarity where we as friends were living and working and professionally as well. We weren't too up in each other's business. You know, we didn't come to work and gossip about what was wrong in our personal lives. It's just, that's not the dynamic that we had between each other. And you were just very accepting of the fact that when I said, listen, I'm going to move, when it, when it was revealed that I was moving on in my life and when I think people started to find out that I was going to leave Hampton Roads, I was leaving my marriage, I was leaving the profession of physical therapy. You're leaving the country. <laughs> I left the country. You didn't have any kind of tether to the old Amy and you didn't have a temper tantrum about that. You were one of the few people that really gave me a lot of grace and I appreciate that. Here's the thing about that. You are not your job. That's just your job. 
So like the person that I recognize and grew to love is the person you still are. So that has not changed. Whatever you do with your life, that's your business. I'm just happy that you're happy if you're happy. You know, when you went to India and you got that and you got sick, I was sad because it took away from your experience, but it was also an experience, you know? So for me, we never know what's going on in people's lives underneath what they present to you. And I will say this, my best friend and I, he lives in Georgia. We hardly ever talk. <laughs> we hardly ever talk. I, I don't think we talk maybe about once every six months and it's okay because time is relative in my personal opinion and it doesn't matter like if i know if you're in you're in it doesn't matter if we i don't need that i don't need you to like right call me all the time or like send me memes or i don't need that just to know that you're okay and you're happy as much as you can be is enough for me like and then if you think about me enough to reach out Sweet. Thanks. <laughs> like, awesome. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have that kind of, I, I'm not that needy. I don't need to be looked at all the time and acknowledged because I'm fine just as I am. I'm working through my own shit too. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well, well, that's for sure why we're friends there. We definitely have the preference for quality over quantity so we do have that in common and we do both appreciate that <laughs> we're peeling the onion. I know that you are recognizing in yourself that there's so much more growing to do other than the situation that you were presented with professionally. I have to move on professionally. This job's not available for me. I have to go reinvent myself. It was an opportunity for you in that small sector of your life to really push the envelope and do something new and be bold and it worked out great but there's so many other sectors that we're all responsible for kind of veering into opening creaking open that door and looking in the dark and saying okay who's in there yeah what's going on and really facing our fears or asking the questions the deeper questions so going a little deep what just extemporaneously at the top of the mind what are some of the deeper thoughts that you're having right now in your life? Deeper thoughts. A lot of times it is, what am I doing here? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a deeper thought. What am I doing here? So, and it's a big question, even though, yeah. And also, you know, am I happy? What What is making me happy? And intention, like I'm really working on intention. So for myself. Living with intention, eating with intention, breathing with intention, intention. Love it. Mindfulness as well. Those are, those are deep, simple things that I'm thinking of, <laughs> working on and through. Well, we had a quick conversation and we talked about a little bit about what appears to be simple on the surface, but is really complex, just like gratitude. Yes, we should be grateful. And there are gratitude exercises that we all can be doing. But how do we really get to that point of feeling grateful? And that's something that I wake up and I have to work on. It doesn't come to me automatically. I have to ask it to come in. I have to really 
be mindful about it, be intentional about it as well. The same goes with this platform I'm on about unconditional love. You know, how can you unconditionally love and accept people? Well, I have to really work at that because that balances out the darker side of my shadow where it is perfection and judgment. Critical peck, peck, peck. <laughs> yeah, that's where the center side starts pulling at me and really winds up and makes me this punk rock rebel heart that gets wild. I have to pull this side of me into the light and I have to work. I have to be consciously working at this wellness. And so, yes, it sounds simple. Oh, just be grateful. Like people are putting stuff on a t-shirt. And so in that complexity, give me just a little window into how you break it down. Are you doing ritual? Are you doing meditation? What are you doing to invite this into your life with intention? So mostly, honestly, it is being aware it's a very difficult thing to be, to be aware, because I will admit I am judgy, I am critical, and I am of that, of other people. But what I recognize in me doing that to other people, I'm really doing that to myself. Bingo. Mm -hmm. So I have to be, <laughs> I have to be aware. Why am I expecting them when it's really about I'm expecting me and I'm not I'm working on that as far as like, okay, so why do I expect that for me? Bro, I am, I am deprogramming everything. I am questioning everything, you know, in that thought process, like what makes me think that way? Why does it have to, how does it affect me? Is it helpful to anyone? Those are the things that I think about. And I, I think, I don't think there are a lot of people that are aware because I think people would be more mindful if they were like, I think a lot of people just run around on their feelings and instincts and reactions and not necessarily being mindful that the things that they are doing to other people, does it affect them at all? No, but it mm. makes them worked up and it diverts them from the true work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're, you're so on it. <laughs> It took me a while. It is so golden. It took me a while. And it, it is through, you know, just I love to people watch. So I'll sit and I'll watch people. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I used to, you know, and then wonder about, you know, what they were doing, you know, make up fantastical tales. And it was always good tales, you know, like maybe this person's an eccentric millionaire or something, not really a homeless mom or something like that, you know. But yeah, yeah, I think in regards to just being more mindful. I'm, I'm really working on that. Like what, when I receive information from somebody, what does it mean to me? How do I feel about it? Is it positive or negative? If it is positive, continue on. If it is negative, mm -hmm. why do I feel that it is negative? Describe the negative word and then mm. react to the negative word. Why do you feel whatever that negative word is? So for you, when you were like, these are the things that I'm doing with my life. I'm like, number one, not my life. Number two, hope she's safe, you know, wherever she goes, whatever she does. Number three, what a fantastic adventure. Because mm. you are, yes, you're in my contact list as Amy PTA, but that's how I, you know, when we worked <laughs> at that other place, that's how, because you know, I mean, there are tons of Amy's, like there were like three or four Amy's at the time that we worked in the same company together. That's one of the reasons why I love that you said, hey, go ahead and share these sort of bio pieces, bullets about me 
And you had this multi-titled thing, which I really seized on because I thought was so great how you said, you know, these are the, these are the titles I'm borrowing. You know, I'm a stealer of titles. Yeah. At one moment I could be this and the next moment I could be that. And I think that is a rite of passage that we all have as creative people, as creator, artistic, designer, builder, people of our own lives, of our own personalities, of our own values, of our own beliefs, we can wear different hats. I'm not saying people go out and be civil, okay? I'm not asking for people to turn into like, you know, mental deviants or something with multiple personalities, but I'm saying it is okay to be in the gear of whatever you refer to yourself as to put yourself in a good mood so you can dance in your living room, you know, whatever it is that has to put you in that gear. If you have to call yourself a goddess to get there, do it. If that's where you find your joy, that's my whole thing. That's why I think it's empowering to allow people as well to choose how they'd like to be called and referred to. And you can still keep me as Amy PTA. Yeah. Cause I don't change, like I don't delete contacts and I don't change them. So, but just because your contact number says Amy PTA, I recognize that you are more. The one and only. You're more. (laughs) (laughs) You're not just that title. Choose your own title. Choose your own word. Like, definitely everybody should be goddess because isn't there a bit of goddess in all of us? So, absolutely. Yeah. Words are important and they're difficult. Like for me, like, yes, I'm a stealer of titles. Even though I am not on the autistic spectrum, I choose neurodivergent because just break down the word. It's Mm -hmm. different. Doesn't think like everybody else. Divergent. I am divergent. I'm divergent and relentless. And And an outlier. Yes, I am an outlier. And I'm proud. So You should be. It's a compliment. I'm so grateful to be able to have the idea that I can be all of these things. So I just don't think like everybody else. And neurodivergent is a really fancy word. So, (laughs) 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 And I like Divergent as I I love the movie series Divergent too. It's awesome. (laughs) What spooky movies are you watching? Do you have a rotation of spooky that you always like count down to Halloween? Like we watch this first. No, no tradition there. No, there are just movies that I like to watch, you know, obviously the Halloween mm-hmm. movies, but the first one, just the first one. <laughs> then, yeah, just the first Halloween. I love the Disney. Uh, well, yeah, Hocus Pocus, anything Tim Burton. I mean, that is just like everyday food for me. And one movie that I really like watching during this time of the year, but just generally, if I feel, you know, those movies, they just make me happy. It doesn't tie into Mm -hmm. anything like from a childhood experience because they aren't necessarily, they're little escapes, little exit Mm -hmm. hatches. And so I love High Spirits, which is, I don't think very many people know about that movie, but I love it. (laughs) But yeah. Do you own a DVD, a copy of that? Mm -mm. Oh, wait, maybe I do. I own a lot of DVDs. Because I was like, where do you stream that? Who's got that? You'll have to like let us know so we can all get into high spirit. <laughs> Sounds fun. Well, it isn't streaming anywhere that I can see right now. So I, I do believe, though, that I do have a copy on it on a DVD. But awesome. <laughs> I just, yeah, stuff like that. It's got Daryl Hannah in it. 
And Liam Neeson. Listen, what more can you ask for? The woman got to be a mermaid too. Liam Neeson is in it. Steve Goodwin. Fabulous. Jennifer Tilly? Come on. Oh, adorable. Love her. Like, she's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. She doesn't get enough credit. She's so amazing. She doesn't. And she deserves more. So, but yeah. Yeah, there, those just, there is no, because I don't, I don't say, okay, September is spooky season. Because really, I put my, it's a Christmas tree, but it's black and it's decorated with Halloween stuff. So I took, I'm all for it. I think I put it up, I don't even know when I put it up last year. It was definitely before September. And I didn't take it down to like March, something like that. (laughs) I do not adhere to timelines or guidelines in that nature. If it makes me happy and I enjoy seeing it, it will stay there until I'm like, Let's just give our eyes a rest for a minute and then I'll put it away. And then when I bring it back out, I'm like, oh, <laughs> happy times again. Okay. So with the black Christmas tree, do you have white lights? Yes. Or orange lights? No, I think I got it like ages ago from Walmart. You know, they're not going to have orange lights. This is before like, oh. Halloween really kicked in, kicked in. So I'm very gentle with it, and the, but they are white lights. Yeah. Black tree, white lights. And so nice. I really wanted one of those inverted trees because it just seems so good for space, like using space appropriately and then hooking it up to a pulley. But crazy town. That's just me. That's, <laughs> well, I got obsessed with inverted Christmas trees when I saw a display. I don't know where I was, but I was like, I want to do that in my house. Yes. I just want I just want chandelier Christmas tree effect. And they don't have to be big. I got like mini ones. I got mini like neon kind of electric blue ones. I was sort of like, I thought I'd do these punk rock kind of Christmas trees Mm. in one section of my house. I got a little crazy in the old life Mm -hmm. where I had Mm -hmm. a couple different themes. Okay. You got enthusiasm. I got some real enthusiasm. (laughs) You're a lot. My make myself happy was a lot of decorating. Okay. In my life crafting and decorating and making costumes that's what i did with my time it's a good version yeah (laughs) i have many highs from that e6000 glue (laughs) not intentional of course like so (laughs) no it's so dangerous i mean literally you can't even get a daub of that on a toothpick without being like whoa i'm going down open a window open several (laughs) that is but that's the stuff that works that is the heavy duty swinger that works. So with your with your downsides being in the apartment, are you crafting anything new this season? How are you sort of commemorating 2022's spooky season? Are you hand building something, scaling it down to something smaller for the apartment? I'm still carving pumpkins. So I still Oh wow. Yeah, that's how I made the shadow box is that I was doing foam pumpkins. Mm. And then other people on a face group that Facebook group that I belong to, they were like, Hey, we're using the same concept on a different medium. And I was like, Michaels has light boxes on sale for 75% off. So <laughs> I was like, let's try this. And I was like, oh, I'm living for this. It is so neat and tidy, less messy than foam pumpkins. So I did carve up a couple of foam pumpkins. I do have to tidy them up before I light them up. But I did that and it made me happy for a little bit. I, I think leaning in more now towards the costuming aspect of Mm -hmm. of halloween 
So yeah, that's that's what I'm doing now is leaning more towards the costuming aspect because I think it ties in real nice with my whole goth phase, well, which isn't a phase. Yeah, it's been, I'm 45. It's been going on since like 13, inception of goth, before we even knew what the word meant, <laughs> before there was a word for it. So right, I'm that old. Dark and disturbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the school counselor. I think there's a dark and disturbed phase happening here. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with this girl. We don't know what it is, but there it is. Why is she <laughs> using marker on her fingernails? And that's what I was doing. Exactly. There wasn't black fingernail polish back then. <laughs> so it was marker. Well, I would love to see you document some costuming adventures when you get into that because you're so creative and you do such amazing makeup as well. I've seen you put on really great eye flicks and do all this really great stuff with your makeup. Here's the other thing for me. To me, I don't necessarily see things as costumes. For me, Mm. a costume is what I wear to work Monday through Friday, Mm. eight to five. That is my costume. Whereas like the whole goth business, it's just a general, like for me, it's just regular wear. For everybody else, it's a better understanding because, like, make it goth. But, yeah, that's my regular wear. What I wear Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, is the costume. Just like title, Amy PTA. That's the costume. Gotcha. To me, I don't care what costume you're wearing. (laughs) Gotcha. You're definitely blowing the mind. This is definitely the neurodivergent thinking part. And a lot of people don't understand that because, okay, so look at it like this. You go to a football game and you wear the jersey of your favorite athlete or whatever. That's a costume. You don't wear that out and about, like maybe every now and again. People, you know, you go to a wedding, you wear a costume. You go to church, you wear a costume. You know, people, plumbers wear costumes. That's their costume. Construction worker costume. Like, hello, we've got a whole Halloween costume store full of costumes that people wear every day. Like, they're just blatantly telling us to our face, this is a costume. It's so true. Nun costume, nurse costume, Hawaiian costume. These are costumes. Right, but the nurse, the nurse costume does not represent anything in the real profession of nursing. No, porn. It represents porn. (laughs) Completely. It's completely divergent. Of its intended purpose. Can you imagine being in a sexy nurse costume and having a patient poop on you? On that cute little apron that's covering your whole hoochie? (laughs) I am so grateful that I've never had a patient poop on me. I think of more in terms of I'm wearing this costume, you know, from the Halloween store. And then somebody codes and I have to do chest compressions. It's not going to be ladylike. No. And then I got to sit there and worry about my hoobadoops, you know, hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm worried about my hoobadoops hanging out. I'm really not so much concerned about saving your life. It's like, should I cross my legs at my ankles as I'm administering (laughs) chest compressions? I mean, I guess that's a whole new porn in and of itself. (laughs) This brings me back to something when you got a tattoo on your forearm and you show up to the meeting and you're wearing a tube sock on your arm. 
It was so clever. It was like <laughs> leg warmers for your arms. And it was like, cause it was like spring or summertime. So everybody's wearing short sleeves or whatever. And your scrubs are short sleeves. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm loving this, but What's up with that? it's hot <laughs> out. I understand why she's wearing her arm warmers in spring or summer, whatever it was. And it was because of the tattoo policy. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, did it become a non-issue? Did you have to cover up Sailor Jerry or whatever that girl? What was the girl's name? Yeah, no, it is. It's a Sailor Jerry, yeah. It's a Sailor Jerry, yeah. Yeah. There she is. I call her Cecil after my grandpa. Cecil. (laughs) His middle name is Cecil. I mean, his first name's William. Like, I've never met a woman named William. I've never met a woman named Cecil. But it does have a, I don't know, feminine quality to it. You can call her Cece, but again, who cares? Call her Cecil, just like back to name yourself, whatever you want to name yourself. I named her Cecil, but yeah, so it was actually a pair of pants, uh, gym pants that my daughter no longer wore. So it was the bottom half. It was the calf half. So then I just cut it at the calf and then I sewed some elastic around it. And I'll be honest, I'm not really sure if it was because of the tattoo policy. There might have been some insecurity in myself as well about presenting, you know, especially to the population that we work with. I will say that in my current job, which is not with the same company that we worked with before, they do have a policy, but it's it's more centering around modesty and uniformity and things like that. So there is no specific cover your tattoo up policy. And I have had a lot of people ask me, you know, is your company making you do it? And no, I do it for myself now out of respect to the patient because, the like I said, some of the population do not like tattoos on women and especially naked women on women. <laughs> so, yeah. But I also, I do it for myself in regards to this is my canvas. It is my art. It is deep and it is personal to me. If I choose to share myself with you in regards to that, I will do it. So I just cover it up because most of the time I do not want to share myself with the people that I'm working with, my patients, because I'm there for them. Right. It's not about me. So if you're new to the podcast, this is our second episode. We're doing a thing called Tender Cues. We're asking questions specifically around stories where our guest has either experienced a gut punch, like I did, a reality I had to accept, a truth, a heart space question, which is around love, a moment that filled you up, and then a mind melt question where you grew, where you leveled up. You went from Donkey Kong level one to Donkey Kong level two. So I've prepared you and allowed you to ponder the tender questions so you're not sideswiped here. Do you have any thoughts on that that you'd like to share in one of those areas? So for me, I guess it it is a a gut punch and a a love one. So it'll it'll be too far, I reckon. So not too long ago, I, I had a plan. I had a plan for suicide. I was going to kill myself. There was a plan. I had a fucking plan, girl. And I was in a really dark place. I'm grateful for therapy, so grateful. But I will say this, in that depth, when I had that plan, I mean, to a T, I knew exactly how I was gonna go about doing things. My daughter actually saved me by repeating something to me that I had said to her several times and it just rang so clear. So she told me, 
mama, you never knew what love was because your parents didn't teach you how to love. And that just took me out of it. It really killed it. It killed the idea of my suicide. So she was like, you don't know what real love is. And she is right. My core base of the way that things, like how I take things and how I perceive things, you know, it just wasn't healthy. So I never knew what a healthy love was from another person. I was working on it with me, but I wasn't able to find it in the person that I was with at the time, or even I, I wasn't even with the person, but I'd spent so much time with that person. And it just wasn't a healthy love to the point where things had kind of spiraled out of control. I got into a dark place and I was going to kill myself. I had a plan. And my daughter was like, mama, you never knew what love was because your parents love you the way that, you know, was healthy. And it was just, that was it. So that's my love thing and my gut punch. And what's the other? Let me see if I can be a this. Yeah, that's a mind melt. I, I think that's in there. I think you hit the trifecta. I think they're all three in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Omi. So yeah. listen, we again, never know what's going on with someone. That's right. We can't possibly have x-ray vision into anyone's lives. Plus I'm really secretive. Like the way that I was raised, you just don't share those things because it's a weakness, you know? So I'm working on it. <laughs> but those things you just don't. Right. You suck it up and you move on, which is great. But sometimes it's not. <laughs> so. But again, that really lends to this whole putting on a mask, putting on a costume, allowing yourself to be truly who you are at your core, which is resilient, which is strong. Thank you. Which is tender, which is also very tenacious. Yes. You have all these qualities, right? So yes, it's easy for you to put on this mask of survival and to put on the costume that everything is okay and walk around making sure everyone else is okay in a caring profession like nursing in a caring profession like motherhood, you're never off duty. No. And many of us, many of us out there, we don't have to be nurses and moms. A lot of us are out there working. Always on, always 100%, on. hundred percent, always on. Exactly. Always in a caretaking mindset. Well, I mean, like even workaholics, you know, those, those people, it's just always on, you know, I, I think it's a general term, you know, people I think will understand when they're always on, like sometimes some people feel inadequate, so they feel like they have to be the funny person in the group, you know, always on, never right. Meet. For you to be at this place, this beautiful other side, able to say out loud what you went through, just to skim the surface and say out loud, I wasn't in a healthy place and I wasn't in a good place and I had a plan and I was going to get out and I was going to get out by my own hand. Yeah. It would have been the drama. Oh, the drama. It would have been so dramatic. Oh, so drama. It would have been very high drama. But to be able to allow yourself the vulnerability, I'm so proud of you, to talk it through with your daughter and, quite frankly, allow her brilliance and her wisdom and to, to trust her love for you to be able to hear her message for you. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. That speaks volumes, speaks volumes. Not just about what a beautiful young woman she is, because you've done an amazing job with her, but that's 
a walking, talking, booming, vibrant representation of you. Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm not saying she's, I'm not saying she's your mini me because she's her own person. I'm just saying. That's right. She's her own person. In your attempt, your blueprint in your adult life to create a love map for yourself, right? To give yourself the life and the love that you didn't have, that you didn't know, that you didn't know you didn't have. Yes. Right? (laughs) Right. That key piece You did this marvelous thing by trusting your instincts, trusting your gut, trusting your heart, and doing the best that you could do to raise the best human being that you could possibly raise. And that speaks volumes about the potential for you to love yourself into the next chapter of Omi's life. There's so much more for you to do, girl. You got to be here. I mean, like mostly... I'm doing more of a self-centered approach on things now. So yeah. Be self-centered. Things are going to do. Yeah. It's it's more about like, okay, so for me in this next chapter, you know, this other half. Me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm all for it. Way. That's my thing. It's like me in a healthy way. Me healthy. You healthy and having the confidence to actually love yourself and say out loud. It's a negative connotation with the word selfishness, you know, and that's the thing, like words, words. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with being selfish. Like it, it's not the selfish takey, takey, takey selfish. Like what's in it for me? It's the selfish, like thinking about me and is this something that I want to do for me or is this something that I want to do for somebody else? And if it is something that I want to do for somebody else, is it making me happy to do it or do I feel obligated or blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, nothing wrong with that. I'm a big fan of this, obviously, expression. It's used all the time. Put your own oxygen mask on yeah. <laughs> before you assist somebody else with your. And here's the deal. You might be sitting in a row without anyone next to you on the plane. Put your oxygen mask on. Just breathe some oxygen. You're not obligated to go save the rest of the plane. Right. You know, and I know that's in your hardwiring. That's why you're in a service profession. I know that's in my hardwiring because I can identify that in people. That's part of the synergy when I meet people. I can feel that sizzle. I'm like, mm-hmm, they have it too. Mm-hmm. We need to be in a support group together. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> but we are shamed and blamed when we do take too much time for ourselves, yeah. which is a detriment to our healing process. I too have to raise my hand and say, I'm on a timeout. I put myself in a corner. I truly am more introverted than extroverted. I'm a practice extrovert. And so when I don't allow myself to recharge my whole body and get myself balanced back to really who I am as an introvert, I get sassy. I do want to just switch gears one moment here and let everybody in the Tender Listener podcast world know that Omi will be with us quite regularly. Mm -hmm. Yay. I know. I'm so excited. You will be co-hosting with me as the podcast develops and and continues. And as we invite people on, you'll also come on in sessions like this and do special guest contributions. It's going to be fun just to chat with you. That's the way I'm going to see it. Oh, yeah. I'm not an expert on anything, so... I do want to gush and blush with you. I want to gush about how amazing I think you are. I think you are so 
brave for sharing your story, all aspects of it, being willing to put it out there, just talking about issues on multiple levels, passion, purpose, highs, lows, strengths, weaknesses. These are elements that are going to reach out and change someone else's lives when life when they hear it. And that's why we're paying it forward and we're doing this service of sharing stories. And I want to lift you up and I want to say, I think you're an amazing, beautiful person. I think you have so much contribution to make. I love that you're starting with yourself. Well, not starting. I'm 45 and we're just now getting here. So, (laughs) okay. You're like shoots and ladders. It's a shoots and ladders situation. You are, you've been playing the game and you're just, it's okay to take the big ladder back to square one. If there's nothing wrong with a little shoots and ladders in life. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's all going to be smooth sailing to the next shoot or ladder because you're working and you're growing and you're sharing and you're, you're showing up real and raw, which is my favorite two words to put together to describe some of my favorite people. You are one of them. Thank you. Thank you. you. I'm so grateful from the minute I said, I wanted to do this. I reached out to you and you've really always been a great supporter of mine. I in turn want to be a great supporter of yours and in your journey. And I'm happy we get to do that with the tender listener family. That's listening to us now it's gonna be fun i mean just to visit with you it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be fun yeah all right i'm gonna let you have a shout it out moment please yourself give up the love to whoever that you want to give up the love to as we close out thank you i will say thank you for this opportunity honestly because you, you know how people are in their own lives. They they don't really think that they're really affecting or touching or, you know, anything like that. Anyone else at all. They're, people just go around in their own little world and do their own little things. So I didn't, you know, I don't think that I make an impact, big or small, on folks just generally. So when you thought of me, like, the only answer is yes. Hard yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm glad, I'm grateful to go on this journey with you. Like, this is brand new for me. This is escapism. So <laughs> this will be great. I, I close in the hatch. I love it. I love it. I love it. So thank you. Because obviously I also think you're amazing, man. Beast in all the good ways, the senses of the word, just being still, you are a beast. So Thank you for existing, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I also, you know, my daughter, she is amazing. I never want to sit there and, you know, say all the good things that I know about her. And yes, I do believe she is a reflection of myself, but no ownership, no ownership on her because, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a bragging thing when you say, oh, my kid is so good because I raised them so good. Like, really, it was just trying. (laughs) just doing the opposite of the way that I was raised, you know, the negative parts and then using the positive parts. So I, I'm very grateful, like that my, my kid turned out the way she did. So like, she's, she's amazing. She's awesome. And thanking her like, good grief. You know, Amy, a lot of the people that I know are dead. (laughs) I can't thank my parents because they're dead. (laughs) They're listening. It's okay to send it up to the cosmic universe. If that's where they are. But <laughs> I just think. Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. You got a 50-50 chance. You never know. So, yeah, I will say, you know, I am I am thankful. 
And I will give a shout out to them because if you're watching and you're paying attention, people are teaching you all the time. It may be through something positive or something negative, but it is always a lesson. So I think it's up to each individual to be paying attention to it and saying, hey, is this something that I want to perpetuate? Is this positive or negative? If this is negative, how do we correct or adjust or modify or improve? You know, they're not bad words. <laughs> so with them, I am grateful because honestly, if I had a perfect upbringing, if I had a perfect life, I'm not sure I would be as strong and relentless and resilient as I am. Of course, I want that. I live vicariously through my kid with that. So I got two childhoods, the one that made me strong and the one that makes me happy. So <laughs> I was able to share that with her. So I don't know. I guess up with that. I do believe then I will also give a shout out to my English teacher, Ms. Holman, my 12th grade English teacher. Yeah. So there was a time, we could touch on it later, but there was a time where I wasn't going to graduate from high school. My mother got with this English teacher and they made it to where I graduated with very minimal effort. And I am grateful for that, for that because it is her as well as my mother, the ability to see into the future. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, ah, school's no big deal. Who cares if I graduate? And then you don't graduate and then you got to go get your GED because, oh, it was maybe important after all. They saved me from a step, and I'm grateful to her. Mm. Even though she doesn't, I haven't talked to her since I graduated from high school. But I do think about her, and I'm grateful for her. So I'm not even sure if Miss Holman's her real name. <laughs> she could be calling herself something yeah, else. She's probably like Judy, Miss Judy. <laughs> but yeah, so I am grateful for her. I guess that's good enough for now. We can always be grateful for more people next time, right? We're going to be together for a while. Absolutely. <laughs> so you can add more to the list. And I want to thank you again, everybody, for Naomi coming on today as my special guest. And we'll see and hear more of her in the future. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tender Listener. For more, you can head over. We have a Tender Listener website, so tenderlistener.com, and check out the blog. I'm writing some things on a monthly basis just to give you a behind-the-scenes sort of look into my heart and into my soul as to this whole process. There's a couple up already if you want to check them out. And I'm also going to be bouncing these into YouTube. I have a channel for the website as well. We'll be putting the podcast up so you can watch the video stylings and all the fun we're having as we exchange these deep thoughts and these personal highs and crazy hips. <laughs> and beautiful hair. She's got amazing hair. So please check out all our offerings on Tender Listener. And from my heart to yours, Tender Listeners, please shine your shine and share your brilliance. Your stories matter. See you next time.